Hey, what's up, guys? Yes, it's Brandon and Lottie, and welcome to Art Tea. Thank God, we finally have it. What in the heck is that? <laughs> it's cheese from last night. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it's on your shirt. <laughs> That's on the blanket, so it's your own fault now. Anyway, we're this is the show where we critique um, Renaissance era animation movies. And also talk about how we feel about some of them because not all are number one superstars. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. So today we are going over the Lion King trilogy. We're not going into the series or anything. Not That'll be season two. Season two I is. I want to rip into Lion Guard so bad. Not. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> but yeah, so we will be doing. Are we uh, gonna do live action? We can if you wish. It's technically animated. <laughs> it, it's technically animated, I would say, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. It's disgusting, see. but. <laughs> well. Okay, so first we're gonna start off with ob- the obvious, the masterpiece that started. Hell all. yeah. The Lion King. Um, I have nothing bad to say about it's it. It's so good. That's, um, that's, it's too good. You can't live up to it. It was um, released 1994 by Walt Disney movie. Feature Animation, which was directed by Roger Allers and Rob McNoff. McNoff? Minkoff. Or Minkoff. <laughs> I think yeah. it's Minkoff. I think it's Minkoff. I must do it. Um, yeah. And, uh, obviously, if you haven't heard, it was, um, influenced by Hamlet. I by William Hamlet. Shakespeare. I love Hamlet. I love it so much. So, yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's, um, if you don't know The Lion King, well. Where have you been? Would you like to explain the plot since you know it by heart? No, you can't. I did the last one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So basically, you know, we start off with Ah, and all of that. We don't want to get copyright, so <clears throat> we're not going to do that. We're not going to get copyright if we do it. <laughs> we're going to be like, what is that? Screaming. It's Screamo Band. Yes. So, the circle of life has come around Pride Rock uh, to celebrate the birth of Simba. And, of course, you know, Simba's uncle, Scar, was not there. So, Mufasa's like, yo, bro, why weren't you there? No, butter. So, they get into kind of an argument. It doesn't go anywhere. Make a very handsome throw rug, and in the Hercules, he did. If you didn't notice, in Hercules, there was a rug. Yep, I love that. It's a. It makes me so happy. That's a good um Easter egg. It's so good. See, only we notice these something things. Something in my eye. But there's also um next, skip like however long it takes to make Simba a, a lion cub, an yeah. obnoxious little shit. Yeah. Here's the plot. I'm just going to read the plot. <laughs> the plot thickens. I didn't even know we had a plot. Jesus. 
In the Pride Lands of Africa, a pride of lions rule over the animal kingdom from Pride Rock. King Mufasa's and Queen Sarabi's newborn son Simba is presented to the gathering animals by Rafiki the Mandrill, the kingdom's shaman and advisor. Mufasa's younger brother Scar covets the throne and is angered by the birth of a new prince. Uh, This is the subject of an argument with first Mufasa's Major Jomo, the Hornbill Zazu, then Mufasa himself. A few years later, Mufasa shows the young Simba the Pride Lands. A few years? How long does it take a lion to grow? Mm, I don't watch. I only watch the wolf documentaries. I only watch lion documentaries. Alright, well. And explains to him the responsibilities of kingship and the circle of life, which connects all living things. Meanwhile, Scar plots to eliminate Mufasa and Simba so he may become king. He tricks Simba and his best friend Nala, to whom Simba is betrothed, into exploring a forbidden elephant's graveyard. Graveyard? Oh my god. That went like. That was scary. I'm sorry, there was a flag outside the window. It's like, what are you guys doing in there? Well, We're making a podcast. Go away. Exploring a forbidden elephant graveyard by tricking Zazu. However, the cubs are soon attacked by three spotted hyenas. Shenzi, Banzai, 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 and Ed. Who are, I love Ed. <laughs> who are in league with Scar. Mufasa intervenes and rescues the cubs. The upset with, Though upset with Simba, Mufasa forgives him and explains that the great kings of the past watch over them from the night sky from which he Soon will one day... I will be there! from which he will one day watch over Simba. Scar sets a trap for his brother and nephew, luring Simba into a gorge and having the hyenas drive a large herd of wildebeest into a stampede that will trample him. Scar himself does not interfere to save Simba, but instead informs Mufasa of Simba's peril, knowing that the king will rush to save his son. Mufasa saves Simba, but ends up hanging perilously from the gorge's edge. Scar refuses to help Mufasa, instead sending him falling to his death. Like salivating, I'm sorry. He then convinces Zimba that the tragedy was Simba's own fault and advises him to leave the kingdom and never return. That shit got me He orders the hyenas to kill the cub, but Simba esa- escapes. Escapes? Escapes. Escapes. I don't know how to speak. Uh, Scar tells the pride that both Mufasa and Simba were killed in the stampede and step forward as the new king. Uh, allowing his three hyena minions and the rest of their large pack to live in the Pride Lands. <coughs> Simba collapses in a desert and is, recu- and is rescued Recu-ed. rescued by Timon and Pumbaa, a meerkat and a warthog, who are fellow outcasts and chase away the vultures. When he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. Simba grows up in the jungle with his two new friends, living a carefree life under the motto Akuna Matata. No worries in Swahili. Now a young adult, Simba rescues Timon and Pumbaa from from a hungry lioness who turns out to be Nala. Oh my god! She and Simba reunite and fall in love, and she urges him to return home. Can you feel the love tonight? I'm trying to read. I'm adding commentary. Okay. <laughs> sure. Got it. Thank you, whatever. Oh, uh, wait. Where the heck is it? 
She and Simba reunite and fall in love, and she urges him to return home, telling him that the Pride Lands have become a drought-stricken wasteland under Scar's reign. Mufasa's spirit lives on in Simba. Simba- oh, wait. Feeling guilty over his father's death. I totally skipped that. Simba refuses and storms off. He then encounters Rafiki, who tells him that Mufasa's spirit lives on in Simba. Simba is visited by the ghost of Mufasa in the night sky, who tells him that he must take his rightful place as king. Spooky-wooky. Realizing that he can no longer run from his past, Simba decides to return to the Pride Lands. Aided by his friends, Simba sneaks past the hyenas of Pride Rock and confronts Scar. What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? Everyone, but juicy meat. I gotta do a stand line. Are you aching? Yep, yep, yep. yep. For some bacon. Yep, 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 yep. yep. He's a big pig. Yep, yep. You can be a big pig too. Oi! Ah! <laughs> um. <laughs> I think I totally love this movie. Simba sneaks past the hyenas at Fried Rock and confronts Scar, who had just struck her Sarabi. Scar taunts Simba <laughs> over his role in Mufasa's death and backs him to the edge of the rock, where he reveals to him that he murdered Mufasa. Enraged, Simba pins Scar to the ground and forces him to reveal the truth to the rest of the pride. Timon, Pumbaa, Rafiki, Zazu, and the Everyone lionesses gets pissed. fend off the hyenas while Scar, attempting to escape, is, a con- is cornered by Simba on the top of Pride Rock. Scar begs for mercy and attempts to blame the hyenas for his actions. Simba spares his life but orders him to leave the Pride Lands forever. Scar attacks his nephew, but Simba manages to toss him from the top of the rock. Scar survives the fall but is attacked and killed by hyenas who overheard his attempt to betray them. Afterwards, Simba takes over the king's ship as rain rain begins to fall. He also makes Nala his queen. Later, with Pride Rock restored, it is... To its usual state, Rafiki presents Simba and Nala's newborn cub to the assembled animals, continuing the circle of life. The end. Or is it? <laughs> so we never hear about this cub ever again. It's Copa, supposedly. Yeah. And the story, there was a storybook that came out that was about him, and I, we don't really know exactly what happened to him. But there were there's a lot of like fan fiction type of stuff because there's a thing where people think that he met up with Vitani and then Zira killed him, and I that's like that. why that and that's why Simba's like, uh, no, <coughs> they stay out there, we stay over here. I think that makes a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me. So I'm gonna let it be. Mm-hmm. Can- I like that. Canonical. That's why I was so excited for Lion Guard when it first came out because I thought it was gonna be Copa and they were gonna explain what the hell happened. But no, they just wanted to add more lore for more content. Well, not content, but merchandise to make more muns because that's how Disney is these days. That's how Disney always is. Yeah, but they used to make good stuff. Now they just make boring, stupid ass ripoffs. Every once in a while, they'll make an original movie. What was the last original movie they made? I think it was um, Moana. Oh, yeah. That was good. I liked that. It was okay. Um, <clears throat> so, that's pretty much the plot for it. The critiques on it are it's fantastic animation. Obviously, it was during the great times of um, the 90s, right? That's my 
1994. There's also a critique that they people think that they copied off of Kimba the White Lion. I think I saw that. Um, <clears throat> it was. It, it also says here it is believed to have been inspired by that movie. Well, people are like, oh my god, they completely and totally just fucking copied it, and it's like. I'm just saying right now. They didn't. Kimba White Lion isn't that great. Yeah. That's the team. Well, my thing is, Kimba the White Lion had humans in it. In The Lion King, there are no humans. There's no even, there's no mention of them. Yeah, there's nothing to do with humans. Oh, hello. See ya. You want to join the podcast? I mean, I guess... No, what's this? <laughs> well, <laughs> she, she wouldn't know what to say anyway. But um, that's pretty much about it with the critiques on that one. Uh, the one that uh, I thought was a great sequel. It was the first time for the first time in forever. Except for Disney ironically, made. Frozen Two. Frozen 2 was okay. It was just boring. There was good songs in it, though. They did a lot of good songs in there. I think Frozen 2 was just a filler for people that were like, what what, what, what about Elsa? You know, like... We'll talk about that later. Frozen's gonna... We're gonna do Frozen whenever. Yeah. This is in no particular order. Just what we want to do. But The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride was, I thought, a great sequel. Mm -hmm. It's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, it was produced by Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment this time. Yeah. And it was directed by Daryl Rooney and co-directed by Rob DeLuke, or LaDuca. So, with that, like, the animation, like, the style is still relatively... Similar. Similar. The coloring is a little off, but... That's the only thing I can think of. Like, the coloring's slightly off with it. Yeah. With, uh, with Blind King 2, it's truly... I can just say this in the simplest of summaries. Uh, they have a daughter. Mm-hmm. She meets Kovu when they are young. Uh, finding out that Kovu's mom, Zira, and a few Not other lionesses are... We won't talk about that. L- it's his mom adopted. Some people believe it's not. Never mind. <clears throat> uh, but they meet Zira comes and intervenes with them playing. Uh, then there's like a huge little they were playing argument. Yeah, I was a little... Between Mufasa and Zira, and they send Zira away, because they Come are... Come on, Humba. Now get out of our pride lands! I'm <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna read the plot, because I'm really bad. That is disgusting. Did you not see how they have it on Disney Plus? I showed you that picture. Yeah, I know. Like, something's wrong with Kiara. Something happened to her. Yeah. All right. In the Pride Lands of Africa, King Simba and Queen Nala's newborn daughter, Kiara, is presented to be assembled 
is presented to the assembled animals by Rafiki, a mandrel who serves as shaman and advisor. Wow, this sounds so original. Simba's father, Mufasa, proudly watches over the ceremony from the heavens above. Kiara becomes annoyed with her father's overprotective parenting. Simba assigns Timon and Pumbaa, a meerkat and warhawk, to follow her. After entering the Forbidden Outlands, Kiara meets a young cub, Kovu, and they are attacked by crocodiles. They escape using teamwork, and Kiara even saves Kovu at one point. When Kovu retaliates to Kiara's playing, Simba confronts the young cub just as he is confronted by Zira, Kovu's mother, and the Outsider's leader. Zira reminds Simba of how he exiled her and the other Outsiders, and she reveals that Kovu was the successor of Simba's uncle and enemy, Scar. After returning to the Pride Lands, Nala and the rest of the Pride head back to Pride Rock while Simba lectures Kiara about the danger posed at, by the Outsiders. He then tells her that they are part of each other. In, in the Outlands, Zira reminds Kovu that Simba killed Scar and exiled everyone who respect him. Kovu explains that he does not think it is so bad to have Kiara as a friend, but Zira realizes that she can use Kovu's friendship with Kiara to seek revenge on Simba. Several years later, Kiara, now a young adult, begins her first solo hunt. Simba has Timon and Pumbaa follow her in secret, causing her to her hunt away from the Pride Lands. Causing her to hunt away from the Pride Lands. As a part of Zira's plan, Kovu's siblings, Nuka and Vitani trap Kiara in a fire, allowing Kovu to rescue her. Simba is forced to accept Kovu's place since he is rescued since he rescued Kiara. Later that night, Simba has a nightmare about attempting to save Mufasa from falling into the wildebeest stampede, but is stopped by Scar, who then morphs into Kovu and sends Simba to his death. Kovu contemplates attacking Simba, but he is interrupted by Kiara and starts spending more time with her. Kovu becomes conflicted between his mission and his feelings for Kiara until Rafiki leads them to the jungle, where he introduces them to Yupendi, an erroneous form of Yupendo, which means love in Swahili, helping the two lions fall in love. That night, Simba allows Kovu to sleep inside Pride Rock and the rest of the Pride after being with the rest of the Pride after being encouraged by Nala to give Kovu a chance. Upon learning of Kovu's failure to kill Simba, Zira sets a trap for them. The and next day... <laughs> and I oop. Kovu once again attempts to explain his mission to Kiara, but Simba takes him around the Pride Lands and tells him Scar's story. The outsiders then attack Simba, resulting in Nuka's death and Simba's escape. In the aftermath, Zira scratches Kovu for his brother's death and causes him to turn on her. Kovu returns to Pride Rock to plead Simba for forgiveness, but is exiled. That's the best song out of that one, I'm just saying. Kiara makes Simba realize he is acting irrationally, and flees to find Kovu. The two lions later find each other and profess their love, realizing that they must reunite the two prides. Kiara and Kovu return to the Pride Lands and convince them to stop fighting. Zero, however, attempts to kill Simba, but Kiara intervenes and Zero dies, falling into the flooding river. With his enemy gone, Simba accepts the Outsiders back to the Pride Lands and appoints Kovu and Kiara as his successors. Okay, okay, listen. Okay, listen. Okay, listen. Listen. That does not follow Romeo and Juliet. Because they both die in the end. And they both... Well, that's Disney. They can't die in the end. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's not just that. It's also that... 
The entire story of Romeo and Juliet is like stupid. What? Who said that? I thought it was a good story. Oh yeah, me too. I like Romeo and Juliet. I just don't. I think... like his cousin. Mercutio. Yeah, I loved him. I like the Leonardo DiCaprio version. I thought that Romeo and Juliet was fantastic. Because Mercutio is so funny in that one. Mercutio is great in anything. The OG one's kind of weird. The only thing that's weird about it is that I think she's 13 and he's like 18. Mm, that's bad 18, casting. Eight, that's, 18 or 16. That's just but bad you have to rem- casting. Well, you have to remember. No. In the... In the original story. Oh, that's William Shakespeare for you. Well, that's back in the day. Yeah. Being married at a young age was normal. That's how they... So right now we'd probably be married. Yeah. And with kids. Nope. (laughs) I'd rather be burned at the stake. And they'd probably make you have a son. And so... I'd rather be burned at the stake than have a kid. Wow. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. But, um, there's some animation, um, <clears throat> in there, but the animation, regardless, is still pretty good for a sequel. And I'm sure a lot of people asked for a sequel, so it's, you know, they kind of take in demands, but they kind of don't listen to said demands. They don't listen to the good ones. <laughs> never, never. They never listen to the good ones. But, um, uh, moving on to one and a half. Okie dokie. You have any more to say on the Kings and the Pride? Simba was kind of a dick in it. Well, he's being protective of his kid. He needs to relax. Well, look at his life when he was a young... Look, he, they, but Kiara doesn't have an Uncle Scar to fuck her over. Yeah, but they have outsiders. And that's true. You got a good point there. Yeah, see? Also, it could be kind of like a PTSD thing. I lost my first son. I'm not losing this one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Copa. Yeah. He's easy to forget. Not like they'd ever explain that, but, you know, whatever. You know, yeah, they kind of skipped that. And the storybook was like, oh, that didn't happen. That doesn't exist. And then fucking Kion comes out like, hey, on. <laughs> Sorry, I hate the Lion Guard. I thought I like I liked watching it. I thought it was I liked watching it, but like I don't consider it canon. I don't care what Disney says. I don't consider it canon. I just think of it as a show on its own like well, it's a, it's an it's an AU. Yeah. Um so The Lion King one and a half was uh, released um 2004 directed by Bradley Raymond and released by Walt Disney Home Entertainment again like the uh, sequel. Um, yeah, so, as it says here, it was somewhat influenced by Tom Stopper's play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead, in which the title characters are seen in every major event of Hamlet. So, basically, it's Timon and Pumbaa's story. I enjoyed it a lot. It was pretty good. <laughs> I think it was... I Funny. When I was younger, I used to get bored with it after a while, though. So the plot is... Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god, there is no need for that long of a plot. I'm just gonna skim through here a little bit. 
As Timon and Pumbaa watch the original film in a theater, Timon decides to fast forward to their scenes. Pumbaa's, pro- Pumbaa's protest over the eventually prompts over this eventually prompts Timon to share his backstory, going back to before the beginning of the movie. Timon is a social outcast in his meerkat colony of the outskirts of the Pride Lands due to the frequently messing things up by accident. Though he is unconditionally supported by his mother, Timon dreams for more in a life than his colony's bleak existence hiding from predators. One day he is assigned a sentry, but his daydreaming nearly leads to the death of his uncle Max by Scar's hyena minion Shenzi Banzai. Banzai! I don't think that's actually how you say it, but... And Ed. This becomes the last straw for the colony, prompting Timon to leave to find a better life. He meets the man Drover Fiki, who teaches him about Akuma Matata, and advises, and advises him to look beyond what you see. Timon takes the advice literally and observes Pride Rock in the distance, believing Pride Rock to be his paradise home. Timon ventures there and encounters Pumbaa on his way. The two very quickly form a bond, and Pumbaa accompanies Timon. Basically, they're background characters for the entire movie, if you can imagine. They basically are trying to find a home. They f- they finally find it. Um, in uh, the jungle. And then, you know, then they get Simba. Then they treat him like they were his own son. Then, you know... Gay parents. Gay parents. We appreciate. Um... Then Simba grows up, meets Nala, and then they're the background characters for the entire song. They're trying to ruin Nala and Simba's relationship through that entire thing. And finally, they win. It's like the fight, but it only... Yeah. It's it's from their perspective. From their perspective, yes. The whole movie, the the OG Lion King was from their perspective in this movie. Yep. I like I like the part where it's like um, Shanzi, marry me. It's like <laughs> that's no. just not, that's just not right. No, bitch. That was fantastic. I thought that was funny just to give time. So um, I liked it a lot. I think the trilogy is pretty good. I'm so glad they stopped at the trilogy and didn't make any more movies. Just shows. You know what I mean? The live action. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Well, time to roast the live My action. My problem with it, first and foremost, if you go back in to Disney and you do see the live action movies they used to do, you see Narnia. And you see how expressive, yet realistic, it's the most perfect balance of realism and expression in Aslan the Lion in Narnia. He's just so good. Like, his movements, his facial expressions. Why couldn't they have just replicated that? I think they wanted to go for a documentary. Hyper-realism. Oh my goodness. I think they wanted to go for documentary style. It's so stupid. It doesn't work. It's the Lion King. There's supposed to be expression. It's, it's a very expressive movie. They shouldn't have done hyper-realism or documentary or whatever the hell they were trying to pull off because it doesn't work. And then they butchered Be Prepared. And that's just a sin. Yet they had a Kuna Matata. All I gotta say is, um... 
I thought, like, I took it with a grain of salt is what I did. I was so excited for it, though, brother. I know. And then I seen the trailer and I was like, the fuck? I saw it. I was like, well, I'm not going to expect it to be very expressive because they're trying to go for a documentary style, which is cool and all. And it's cool. And if you watch their documentary on how they made it, it's fantastic on, like, their ideas behind it. But I could see where people would be like, well, why aren't they expressive very well? Because they went from cartoon to... And the Jungle Book, it works. Also, I, I think the Jungle Book was... They tried to make it look yeah. more like that. With The Lion King, I think they went for documentary on That's purpose. That's too much. They need to stop. They need to stop with the remakes altogether because the remakes are fucking bull. There's only a couple that are actually good. Yeah. Uh, it is a photorealistic computer animated remake mm-hmm. of Disney's traditionally animated 1994 film of the same name. Mm. Now, whenever we look up The Lion King, it's gonna have to specify what year. That's tragic. That is more tragic than any Shakespeare thing I've ever read in my life. I'm trying to see if, like, they specifically explain. Um, all I can say is, uh, it won a lot of stuff. Nominations mostly. Congratulations. I thought it was cute though. If you like took it with a grain of salt and you watched it not expecting much of it, it was pretty good. I still enjoy it. I still like to watch it. I prefer the animated one just because I'm an artist, but if I ever feel spicy, flurry, I'll watch that. Ha <laughs> I need a drink. Well, I'm going to pull up our number generator and we're going to number generate what we watch next. What, what we what we're going to do next. Number generator that is not what I wanted. Okay. Generate Four. I don't remember what that is. One, two, three, four. (laughs) And Frank's Diary, 1999. Oh, boy. That is a classic. The dad, that one, the dad just doesn't, he's, he's not okay. I, I absolutely. Well, Anne Frank's Sorry 1999 will be our next one. Fantastic. That'll be fun for the future. Um, a little update announcement. We will probably be doing these once a week. We just wanted to get these two out because. She's over at my house, so. Yeah, I'm over. Uh, because, and once a week, because we can chat up, we'll probably chat, we can make chat and I'll be joining, um, I'll be going to college soon. So once a week is about all the time I'll probably have. And these are about what I'd say like 30 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's enough time in my schedule that I can open up for this. Uh, 
also season two. We have ten, um, ten episodes this season. Ten podcasts we're going to do. Season two, we are going to go over series. Like Lion Guard, the Gargoyles, like the OG Gargoyles. And then, you know, some newer ones if we have time. You know, it's Stitch. The Halloween yeah. episode's the best one. <laughs> but other than that, um, I'd say that's Arcti for today. So, um, we'll be signing off. Adios. Amigos. I hate my life.